Welcome to another episode of Follow the Brand. I am your host, Grant McGaw, CEO of Five Star BDM, a five-star personal branding and business development company. I want to take you on a journey that takes another deep dive into the world of personal branding and business development using compelling personal stories, business conversations, and tips to improve your personal brand. By listening to the Follow the Brand podcast series, you will be able to differentiate yourself from the competition and allow you to build trust with prospective clients and employers. You never get a second chance to make a first impression. Make it one that will set you apart, build trust, and reflect who you are. Developing your five-star personal brand is a great way to demonstrate your skills and knowledge. If you have any questions for me or my guests, please email me at grant.magaw, spelled M-C-G-A-U-G-H, at 5star BDM, B for brand, D for development, M for masters.com. Now let's begin with our next five-star episode on Follow the Brand. Greetings and a heartfelt welcome to each one of you joining us today on the Follow the Brand podcast. I am your host, Grant McGall, CEO of Five Star BDM, where we help you to build a five-star brand that people will follow. And I am truly delighted to have you with us today. We embark on a journey, a narrative woven with the threads of decision, destiny, and sheer determination. And trust me, this is one episode you will not want to miss. Now, imagine this, a vibrant, colorful landscape of India on one side in the serene educational realms of Arkansas on the other. Now, that's quite the leap, isn't it? But that's exactly the leap our friend Badet Perez took. Picture sitting down having a heart-to-heart with a dear friend sharing stories of past and dreams of the future. That's what it is feels like with Bidet, a visionary who turned a game of chance into a life-altering journey. And here's why it gets fascinating, my friends. Imagine contemplating an education in, say, Nepal without the faintest clue about what lies ahead. That's the magic of life's unpredictability, isn't it? And now that's what we're diving into today, art of making life-changing decisions, the kind that sculpt your very essence and purpose. So let me introduce you to Vedette, a beacon of innovation and a true trailblazer in the realm of technology. Her journey is a vivid tapestry of culture, courage, and technology. It's a reminder to us that all of life's decisions, as daunting as they may seem, are the very essence of our growth and discovery. So to everyone listening, let this conversation be a light guiding you through your own decisions, big or small. Embrace the unknown with open arms, for it is in the vastness of uncertainty that the truest paths are often found. 
And that's narrative. It's not just a story. It's a testament to the power of embracing your true self and finding your path in the technological cosmos. Let us welcome Vedette Perez to the Follow Brand Podcast, where we are building a five-star brand that you can follow. Welcome, everyone, to the Follow Brand Podcast. This is going to be a fantastic episode because I get to talk to my friend, Vedette. Vedette is so wonderful. She's telling me a lot about her background, where she came. She's telling me she went to school in Arkansas. I'm like, Arkansas? So here, here's, here's the deal. We're sitting there, we're talking. She tells me, yeah, I grew up in India, and then I went to school in Arkansas. And I'm thinking, like, how do you, you're in India, and how do you think about, you know what, let's go to school in Arkansas. That is an interesting dynamic. That's like me saying, you know what, I'm going to go to school in Nepal. I don't know anything about Nepal, but I'm going to go there. This is interesting to find out how many people make decisions that ultimately define their life, and their role. So I want to introduce you to Vidette. We're going to get into this conversation right away. Vidette, introduce yourself. Grant, uh, I'm, you know, uh, thank you for having me on your show. I'm really excited to be here today. And uh, thank you for all the work you do in evangelizing healthcare and elevating people's lives. So thank you for that. I'm a technology strategist. And what that means is I sit with businesses. I try to understand where they want to go how they want to get there and figure out how we use technology to get the business there. So my role is actually very simple. It sounds complicated, but it's a very simple. Well, let's talk about the, I think is complicated. How do you go from India? And I don't know exactly. You'll tell me, you know, a little town, you're here in India, you come all the way to the U S to go to school to get your education. And uh, any bitty town like Arkansas, I've never even been to Arkansas. I have no idea. So I'm like, I don't know about India, and I don't know about Arkansas, and I want to know for you, how was that experience? So for me, it was a wonderful experience. I'm sitting in school, we're finishing up high school, and the question is, what do I do with my life next, right? And when I grew up, computer science was not mainstream curriculum for us. It was an elective. It was something you did on the side. And I grew in love with technology in about seventh grade. And here's how it happened. My mom helped me go to a summer school to just explore technology because I was bored during summer. And that's how I fell in love with it. So fast forward, I'm getting out of college. I'm getting ready to go to college. And the question is, what do I do with my life? And honestly, I said, you know what? The United States seems to have the best programs in comp sci. And it's very fast forward. In terms of the technology adoption, let me just go to the U.S. So a bunch of friends sitting around throwing darts on a map. And we said, OK, Arkansas, it is. You know, we got in. Seemed like we could make it there. And hey, just friends being friends, you know. I and that's a lifelong decision. Not much critical thinking to it. Did you, see, did you hear what she did? She said throwing darts on the map. <laughs> Yes. And Arkansas was the closest. And she made a great, great decision. I want to talk a little bit more about that experience in India. We had talked a little bit before, and we talked about women in tech. You know, I really want to do a lot around women in tech, especially in the U.S. I don't think it's widely adopted uh, for women. I, mean, I don't know if it's just exposure to cop exposure to certain things. 
but you're telling me in India, there is a lot of women in technology. Can you expound on that? Yeah. So, you know, what was interesting to me is when I came to study tech here, the whole concept of women in tech, I was literally the only woman in the classroom, firstly. But the whole concept of women in tech is exciting. But when you go to India, there's a lot of women in tech. We don't even talk about this, right? And I don't know what it is, Brent. I will tell you this. You know, when I went to school, I went to school in an all-girls school. And that's how most of the schools in India are at the time, at least. It was mostly all girls and all boys, separate schools. But our curriculum was the same, no matter what. And I don't think as kids, we get exposed to, gosh, boys can do this better than us or girls can do this better than us. That's the one good thing about that system. And so we just grow up thinking that, gosh, we're really good in science. We're really good in math. We don't have that comparison point or someone telling us that, oh, gosh, the boys are, there are no boys to talk about, right? So I think that's part of it. I just never grew up thinking that this was not my area of expertise. Secondly, um, I think because we are, India is an interesting country. We have 600 different languages, so many different, I mean, religions, and we have just kind of grown up to accept our differences. And for that matter, even differences in how we speak, how we interact with each other, culture, subculture to subculture, and for that matter, even man to woman, right? And India has its own set of problems when it comes to gender diversity. But for the most part, we've kind of just learned to accept our differences. We talk differently, we work differently, and so be it. And I think that translates very well into the workplace. You know, when we go into the workplace, we are not challenged or we are not scared of our differences. If anything, it unites us. I think uh, that kind of meant a lot to me kind of going into CompSci and exploring it in that little high school class that I was in, you know. Hey, but Ed, what are you doing here? All right, just let's have fun, right? And so that kind of has taken me a long ways, right? It has taken you a very long way, all the way from India to Arkansas to here in Florida, in which you've had a pretty stellar information technology career. If you had to look into that, it really kind of step out of yourself a little bit and take a look at your role and what you do and how you've been impactful, what would you say that you're leveraging as an asset for you over and over again that makes a difference in how you go to work? Mm, um, gosh, I love that question. I love that question. And uh, as I reflect on your question, Grant, I have my whole career just flashing in front of me right now. And I get goosebumps. I really believe that you have to find your purpose in technology. And no matter what you do, and this could be true for every function, technology, accounting, whatever have you, right? You have to find your purpose. And that can be hard today in technology because there's so many different things you can do. There's software delivery, cybersecurity, there's a virtual reality, there's IoT. I mean, the options are endless. And it's very easy to just get lost in doing technology. I have to tell you a story. So it took me 
13 years to really find my place in technology. I was working when I started out after college. I worked for some of the most innovative companies, you know, in during the dot-com bubble, if you remember that bubble. Launching shopping carts, writing enterprise software, just revolutionizing the way we did business and how we managed our communities and the world in general. But I never felt happy. There was something missing. And there were many times in my career I felt like, gosh, did I make the right decision? You know, and and here it is. I left home. I'm all the way in America. Told my parents goodbye and uh, chose not to return home. And how do I say I'm not happy? Right. How do I don't want to go home because I would feel like a failure. But um, there were many times in that 13 years, I really felt like maybe I didn't make the right decision. But in 2010, something happened. And if you remember, this was when um, patient advocacy just came out, the Patient Affordable Care Act, Obamacare just came out. And I was working for a company where we were writing software for doctor practices, implementing software for EHR systems, secure messaging. And it was a transformational initiative. And we did it very successfully for 500 plus doctors across the nation. And it was a lot of sleepless nights. And at the same time, I was about to have my baby. And so I'm balancing my personal life with career. And it was a very stressful life too. Now at this company, what we would do, Grant, is we would have our monthly town hall and we would talk about the growth of our business, you know, just over lunch with the entire company. But one of the things they would do is they would read the patient testimonials. And there was this one testimonial that gave me goosebumps. It made me choke. And it also got tears to my eyes. And it was this lady who was terminally ill. And she accepted the fact that she was terminally ill. And she talked about how these new technologies that just got rolled out had helped her manage her life. She could not get to her health records without driving to her doctor's office on the days that she could not get out. If she was not feeling well, she could pick up the phone and do a secure message and send her doctor a picture of his condition on her skin and talk through it and diagnose it without having to drive through her doctor's office. She was able to, um, you know, monitor herself remotely and send the, send the stats to her doctor's without having to get up and deal with the pain. And what she thanked us for is making her last days manageable. And it brought tears to my eyes because for the first time in my career, I felt like it is not the technology that excites me. It is actually the transformational power it has. And I think as technologists, sometimes we lose that because it's very easy to get lost in what am I doing? But you just got to remember how you're helping your community. It choked me because for a moment, I was wondering to myself, how can we make this for everybody at that point in time? And even till today, really good healthcare is still accessible to those who are really wealthy. And so in that moment of being choked, the question in my mind was, how do we, how do we transform the entire world? Because technology has the power to do so. Right. And it gave me goosebumps because I realized that this is really what I enjoy doing. 
And so I share that with you today because I think it is moments like that that technologists have to look like, look for in order to understand where it is that we're really heading, what it is that really ignites us. And um, these are the things that keep us up. That keeps me up, man. I, I'm so glad that you shared your, your why and how you found your, your mission, your vision, your values. You see a lot of this on, on a lot of organizations' walls, but it's about the experience. It's about how you're actually helping humanity to have a different experience, more positive experience, even at the point of the end of this human life. You can make someone's life a little bit more comfortable, a little bit more uh, positive in, in its scope than before. So utilizing technology, which I've always had that view, is that it's an enablement tool. We should be enabling the human experience to be a little bit better. So it's not tech for tech's sake. So with that question, or I say that understanding, here's the question. There's a lot on the technology horizon that's changing the human experience. AI is taking everybody by storm. They're starting to see how they can utilize these tools to do things differently, maybe do things faster, do things better, more precise. How do you see this particular type of technology changing the landscape in healthcare? Yeah, great question, Grant. You know, um, when new technologies come out like this, you know, there's good and there's bad, right? And I feel like right now we're all sitting back, watching this unfold in front of us and wondering what's going to come out of it, right? And I've been paying attention to the applications of AI and I'm excited, you know, just like you, you know, we're kind of all passionate about the impact that this has on the lives of people, right? Um. The good that I'm seeing come out of it is the companies like um, Google, they have, um, I believe it's called AI for Social Good. And uh, Microsoft, they have AI for Accessibility, primarily focused on disabilities and helping people through those challenges. And I'm really excited to see kind of like the work that's coming out of that field right now. For example, you know, I've come across these examples where there's scans and uh, MRIs that are being intelligently read, right? And there's good and bad in that. There's faster access to healthcare, and it's going to make things more precision-oriented and faster. But then the downside to that is, could their jobs be eliminated? You know, so there's good and bad in these scenarios. But I do believe that all this is happening for a better good. And what I like about technology is it can do a lot of good. It can also do a lot of bad. It's how we choose to use the tool, right? Um, one of the things uh, that caught my attention on social good by Google is also the reading initiative. You know, having grown up in India, I've lived in communities and I've seen communities where people don't know how to read. And they actually have a virtual assistant now and they're spreading the ability to learn through AI. And so when I see these things, it gives me goosebumps, right? I think we're on the cusp of being able to do really transformative things and good things for our communities. And it's very exciting to me. Um, another thing I'm seeing is uh, they're using satellite imagery to predict 
floods, to predict for forest fires, to even manage them, right? And uh, Google has another, um, I don't work for Google, by the way. Yeah. Uh, Google has another initiative and it's called the Canopy Project where they're kind of looking at the forest canopy across the globe, you know, using AI to solve some of these global challenges. I think we're going to have the ability to do that. Of course, it's a little premature because we have to see the application. Yeah. People are thinking about this really gives me so much hope and joy. On the downside, we have cybersecurity, you know, cybersecurity has always been a challenge and AI gives them even more tools to penetrate our enterprises through cyber, um, you know, artificial means and gain intelligence. Those are some of the downsides to it. There's a whole concept, and we've seen this with other technologies, is bias. Not knowing how AI works, it's still a black box. I mean, I'm on ChatGPT asking questions all day long, but I really don't know the algorithm behind all those answers. Ready to elevate your brand with Five Star Impact? Welcome to the Final Brand Podcast, your gateway to exceptional personal growth and innovative business strategies. Join me as I unveil the insider strategies of industry pioneers and branding experts. Discover how to supercharge your business development, harness the power of AI for growth, and sculpt a personal brand that stands out in the crowd. Transform ambition into achievement. Explore more at firestarbdm.com for a wealth of resources. Ignite your journey with our brave brand blueprint and begin crafting your standout five-star feature today. And you have to wonder how much bias is in it. And will we find out down the road if there is bias in AI? So I think that question still remains. You know, and then while all that is happening, um, and this is where my love for sci-fi comes in. I've always liked sci-fi, by the way. And when I say this, but that you're so crazy. But there's a whole existential question, right? From a sci-fi perspective. Could AI actually surpass human intelligence? And what does that mean for us? And will our jobs be as rewarding if it does? (laughs) Interesting. Interesting question. Yeah, I think those questions are yet to be answered. But right now, I feel really encouraged because I see a lot of organizations, a lot of people trying to better our world. And even in business, you see a lot of automations coming and they're intelligent automations. And so I think um, I feel like we're on the right track. We are. And, and what you say, we have to balance this, all of this with responsibility, responsibility, because the if you've seen the evolution take place as you went, as you aptly talked about even earlier, as we went through just the internet and then e-commerce, can we do business on this platform? And then that developed. And all of a sudden now you have mobile computing. You've got social um, uh, social media that's riding on top of that. Then you have something like COVID. But then even right before that, you had cloud computing that kind of like, all right, can we run our world? in a cloud computing fabric. And guess what? We were able to. And then that just gave rise to where we are now. Can we connect all our databases? Can we connect all these things that actually become something greater than it was before? And here we have large language models. Because AI has been around a long time. What you didn't have is all these other things that enabled it to be even better, be even smarter. You had more more exposure to all these different things. And to your point, 
is there bias? And you say, well, yeah, because it was created by human beings that have bias. So it does, but can we begin to take responsibility for that program? An algorithm is a software program. That's what it is. So how are we programming this kind of intelligence to actually become better? I like how you even talked about earlier around just being an Indian video to accept people for who they are. They're going to be different. Everybody's not the same. But if you start, if you respect people as a human being, mm-hmm. you'll get further along. And I believe in our American experiment that we have here in the United States, we're starting to learn that, we're starting to accept people just for who they are, regardless of their, you know, their gender, their race, their religion, and all these other things. Uh, so we can come to a greater realization of our of the human experience. I like that. I like that. I want to ask you this. As we start to look at where we are in the U.S. for our women in technology, we want them to be on the forefront, especially in healthcare, where seventy percent of the workforce is female. And understanding that this technology fabric is not just in the uh, department of IT. I, the, I think everyone now realizes technology affects every single facet. Of the workforce, help our audience understand where, if they were beginning in this technology landscape, where should they be focused? Are they focused in software, cybersecurity, in IoT, and data science? How do they get started? So, yeah, that's a great question, Grant. And you know, um, firstly, I want to remind people that. We truly have, I hear a lot of complaints about our educational system, right? We truly have an educational system that is awesome. And I, and people may and might not pay attention to that because everyone has grown up in this country. But as someone coming to this country, I have a lot of appreciation. I'm someone who left other countries to come here to study my passion, right? And when it comes to technology, and by the way, India has great universities too, very strong in the sciences and technology. But so it is the U.S., right? And we have to appreciate that. And I share that because sometimes I talk to a lot of women and and men for that matter. And they're like, but I I don't know what I want to do. I don't know where I want to go. I used to work with a lot of girls who code and I don't know where to go to school. And it's such a such a hard decision. And I'm like, just pick one, throw a dart and you're going to find because The education aspect is just one of the many decisions you're going to make. But the true decision that you really need to to make is kind of like understanding what your interest is. And there's many different ways in doing that. And technology has so many things, like you say, you know, cybersecurity, coding, um, IoT, whatever it is. Explore your interest. Find what really, really makes you have fun. And specialize in it and everything else will fall in place. And while you're exploring your interest, explore your passion, right? I really do believe that if you figure out your why, everything else falls in place. And figuring out your why is actually the hardest thing in life. There are many people who go through life who never really figure that out or are not just, you know, have just not had the chance for many reasons, right? They had to. Um, go to school and work at the same time. We have to take care of an aging parent, right? I mean, there's a lot of us who don't have that opportunity. 
But for those of us who do, I mean, take your time to figure out your why and try to also explore your interests. Um, I believe in a strong foundation in technology, and this is why I kind of say it is worthwhile going to school. I've spoken to a lot of technologists who believe that, you know, you can learn it by coding on your computer. You don't really have to go to school for technology. There's truth to it. You can learn anything by yourself, right? And I admire people who are self-taught. But I believe that you do have to have the foundations, whether it is school or whether it's seeking mentorship. Take time to get to the foundations of technology because technology is changing every day. What has never changed is the foundation. You know, and development languages have come and gone. Every few years, they call something else. It's Angular or it's React or COBOL or whatever have you. But the foundations have never changed and the approach has never changed. And so I really do believe in educating yourself on the foundations. However you choose to do it, whether you go to school, whether you're self-taught, whatever you do, just spend some time on the foundations before you focus on the shiny object. And it's going to be, it's going to give you your evergreen toolkit. I think for women and men, but more so women, mentorship is very important because my early days in corporate America, finding mentors was hard, right? Because there, and even today, to some extent, I still hear that it can be hard for women, women, because there's not a lot of women in senior roles. And my advice to women on that is, your mentors don't have to be women. They can be men too. Seek out male mentors, right? And your mentors, your mentor is never going to be one person. It's going to be a series of people. I have mentors for technology, for business, leadership, parenting. I'm learning that I need mentors for parenting these days because I have a preteen. And so mentorship comes from many people, not necessarily one person. And while all that is happening, I think it's also important as a woman and men to participate in your community. You know, um, it can be a lonely road. And I've spoken to a lot of women and men, for that matter, who say this is a really lonely road. Being in technology, I work in a business. My business counterparts don't understand what my role is. And it can be lonely, right? And the way you work through that is going through your communities, going through local groups for technology and connecting with other people who kind of share your passion. And you will learn that you're not alone in this game. And if there's two more things I can share with you, then to me, these are the most important. Uh, technology is a lifelong learning endeavor. You never stop learning. And if there's anything constant in technology, it's change. So always be learning. Identify how you learn the best. Some people learn through people talking like this. Some people learn through textbooks. Some people, it's experiential. You have to code in order to kind of learn. Whatever it is, make sure you're learning. And, like, and lastly, I would say never be afraid of failure. My daughter, my daughter is a dancer. She's 12 years old now and she's been dancing for, I think, since she was three or four years old. And I was always the backstage mom, you know, helping these girls put on their makeup, get their clothes on, get ready, walk them to the stage. And what I saw in these young girls who were having fun, Grant, is the five minutes before they went on stage, they were terrified. They were terrified. 
And so one day I had to pull my daughter aside. And since then, I, I, this is something I always tell her and I always remind her now. It's important to have fun when you're on stage. But there is going to be a day when you fall. And the day that you fall, barring that you are not in physical pain, you need to get up. Put a smile on your face and keep dancing. Um, if there's anything I tell women in technology is the one trait that is an absolute must-have is resilience. And be prepared to fail. Man, you, do you hear that? That's called the mic drop. Just drop the mic for <laughs> us. I don't have another. You, any question I would want to ask you have answered it. You have helped us as far as sharing your wisdom and your insights, your knowledge and your experience. I think it's been wonderful. I want you to help the audience understand how they can get back in touch with you from, from whether it's a, a, a LinkedIn or something to that effect. What, what would be the best way? You know, great question, Ryan. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, if anybody has questions about, gosh, but I, what do I do with my life next? I love helping women in technology. Whether you are in school, exploring STEM in, from a college perspective, whether you're entering the workforce or whether you're even in the workforce figuring out, gosh, I'm having a midlife crisis, what do I do next? I'm on LinkedIn. My number is, uh, my, my, sorry, my number is not published, but my email is. So please reach out to me. I'm always happy to pay it forward. That's what it's all about. STEM, if people don't know, that's science technology, engineering, and math. And you have mastered that. And I don't tell people, throw a dart, man. That's going to be my statement for the year. <laughs> throw a dart and go after it. I still am so impressed with you that you, you took a leap of faith to come to the United States, to study abroad, to get your education, and to become a successful information technology leader over these last years. And you've been on the cusp of all these different things that have developed. But I really love how you just stated all of it. There's a purpose to this. This is not playing games. When you can help another individual on their road of life to be a little bit better, then your life has purpose. And I really appreciate you being on the Follow the Brand podcast today by that. Grant, thank you for having me. I'm so, it was an exciting experience. I absolutely love your podcast, Follow the Brand. I was listening to some of your other talkers and gosh, um, you know, talk about elevating people and their purpose and their passion and elevating our communities through healthcare. Um, you're doing an amazing job and I thank you for doing that. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you very, very much. The audience can tune in to all the episodes of Follow Brand at Five Star Medium. That is B for Brand, B for Development, and for Masters.com. This has been wonderful, and I will see you soon, Vidette. Thank you very much. Thanks, Grant. Bye now. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us on the Follow Brand Podcast. Big thanks to Full Effect Productions for their incredible support on each and every episode. Now the journey continues on our YouTube channel, Follow Brand TV series. Dive into exclusive interviews, extended content, and bonus insights that will fuel your success. Subscribe now and be a part of our growing community, sharing and learning together. A 
explore, engage, and elevate at Follow Brand TV series on YouTube. Stay connected, stay inspired. Till next time, we will continue building a five-star brand that you can follow.